What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. If you're tuning in for the first time, my name is CJ, and I want to personally thank you for giving this show some of your attention. If you are a return listener, you are literally keeping my dream alive, and I am forever grateful for you. Today's guest is Faith Ashenden, or That Healing Feeling, as her brand is known. She has spent the previous decade learning how to heal herself from her various health issues that she has struggled with. By detoxing her own life and optimizing herself through root cause medicine, Faith now spends most of her time as a patient empowerment consultant and mentor to those who are struggling to find their own answers. Her mission is to help other patients hack the system and heal their own chronic symptoms with lifestyle changes that have helped Faith completely transform her own life. This episode is special to me because if you know my story, you know I've struggled with health issues almost my entire life. So to hear Faith's story and how she is helping others heal, it is super inspirational to me and I am grateful to have friends like her in my life who are helping other people find their own solutions. It is now time to get that healing feeling. So please tune in and let's give it up for Faith Ashenden. What's up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here, back with another Thrive on Life podcast. It's Monday, it's sunny out, and I'm kickstarting my week with a new friend of mine here, Faith. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well. I'm excited for this conversation because this is actually the only the second time I've got to sit down and actually converse with Faith. The first time we were at the MSW Lounge, and I kind of bombarded into... Uh, her podcast episode because I was there for a business meeting and Baldo and John asked me if I want to record a podcast that day. So I said, sure. And Faith was a lovely guest that we were talking with. So on today's podcast, I feel like making it up to her a little bit. So I'm going to give her the spotlight and I'd love to kick it off a little bit with just learning more about you. So if you could just, whatever that means to you, give me like your three minute, (laughs) who is Faith? Why is she here on this earth? And uh, yeah, we'll just kick it off with that. Perfect. Well, thank you for having me here today. This is so fun. Um, I love nothing more than talking about healing um, and getting that message across. So I I love doing it most on podcasts as well. So yeah, my name is Faith. I'm from Dallas, Texas. I live here in Austin with my British husband and my new baby. I had my baby eight months ago. So that's kind of a big part of my my journey. Um, I had a pregnancy and a baby in a pandemic. So that's an interesting uh, story always to tell. I am a patient empowerment coach, which is a term that I sort of just coined myself. And basically what I do is I help people with chronic conditions learn how to heal from the inside out. Usually by the time people have gotten to me, they've really fallen through the cracks of the healthcare system in some way, shape, or form. They have really just found themselves in either the same situation they were in when they got a diagnosis and or in a worse situation. So I coach people one-on-one and I create group programs um, for people to kind of walk through a new approach to healing and kind of reversing old thought patterns when it comes to the word chronic and, you know, our ability to heal. So I do that full-time and at the same time, I'm a a full-time mom. So (laughs) 
it's busy times, but it's, you know, this is the best season of my life being able to do the two things that I love most. That's amazing. And congrats on the little baby. I was looking at him on Instagram before uh, we hopped on here. He's beautiful. And I'm hoping to be blessed with the same in the next couple of years. So it's inspiring to see other individuals who are making a name for themselves, both in the entrepreneurial space and then also being present as a full-time parent. That is super inspiring to me and my wife. And it's something that we're striving to do. So I'd love to kind of go down that path of what's it like juggling both something that you're literally your one baby and then an actual baby. What is, what is your life like right now? Busy. <laughs> you know, I've learned a lot of really good life lessons having a baby. For example, you come to a point in your life where you have to delegate anything that can be done by someone else. If you want to have a successful business, I think, and also be present because you can fall into a trap of the busy work when you're with your baby. And my sort of thing is I've created like really clear boundaries, like up until 9 a.m. I'm not like doing work stuff. And then at 4 p.m. I cut off any work. So, you know, of course, like something might come up, but like I won't take any meetings. I won't schedule any calls on the weekend. I'm, I'm not doing anything work related. So I'm and I do a half day on Friday. Um, I, I, I delegate. I've hired three people onto my team. That healing feeling's been around for three years. Um, I'm definitely like a grassroots, get your hands dirty type of girl. So I did it all. And then when I had the baby, I was like, this, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work, is it? Like I'm gonna have, something's gonna have to kick. So, you know, I have someone help me during the day. I have someone help me with all the house stuff that I can't do. And then I have people on my team now. And I think like the big thing is really like understanding why you're doing what you're doing. And ultimately for me, it's to create, you know, a better world for my son and do better by him now that I know what I know, but also to show him that like you can do anything you put your mind to. Like if you want to make up this thing and make it a business, and like that that's what you can do and you can make it all happen. So like for me, it's always remembering every morning, like why am I doing this? And then creating clear boundaries so that like the reason I'm working for is Leo. So like to not be present with him would be a waste of my time. And so like those two things help me feel really grounded Um and I, and I love it. I love like knowing that Leo's going to see me doing something that just fills up my cup and that he will always be able to believe like, hey, I can, you know, I can be whoever I want. And um, I think that's an important part of it all for me too. Yeah. I think it's so important not to lose yourself in whatever it is. So whether it's your own child or your business, not to lose yourself in either or of them. And I think just from your response, it sounds like you got to have a grasp on what's the time that you should be spending on yourself and your business and then also the time that you need to be present for your ch your child so that they then feel that as well so when they're growing up they can kind of see that like there's life is multifaceted and i think a lot of people kind of fall into the trap of putting all their eggs in one basket and then the basket gets a crack in it and then they don't know who they are and why they're here but you mentioned that healing feeling i'd love to understand a little bit more of what was the premise behind starting that? Yeah. It was kind of like an accidental business. <laughs> um, those I, are the best. And the, re <laughs> the reason, let me clarify, because I know it helps those listening why I'm asking the questions that I'm asking. With like Thrive, I never thought it was going to be a business. I started it as kind of an Instagram, which was inspired by my then girlfriend, now wife, to just do something bigger and better and hope to inspire other people to do that. And then eventually it turned into something way more than that. And it's actually my life now. Um, and I'm happy about that. 
So the reason I'm asking it for you, because I kind of got that same vibe from you of that healing feeling is first off, awesome name, but yeah, what kind of inspired it in the beginning and then led it to where it's at today? Well, also, thank you. My husband picked the name. And he, oh. He's like always like, oh, yeah, it was me who coined that. Remember? I'm like, yes, I do. Um, I was like, should it be that gut feeling? And then I was like, oh, it's not the right like connotation. So um, it was accidental. I was working at a huge um, tech company in the marketing division. And I had a relapse with my autoimmune disease, Graves disease. So I just kind of like started sharing about it on social media because I really like I had nowhere else to channel my energy. Like I felt very isolated. Like I didn't know anyone who was in this situation where they were so sick and there were no answers. You know what I mean? Like everyone, it was very like acute and or they're like, oh, I just took this medication and I move on with my day. And like that just wasn't happening for me. Like I was so sick and doctors weren't really giving me anything besides antidepressants or like anti-anxiety. They were trying to give me all these medications, but I knew that something was wrong. So I was like, I think I'm just going to like share about it on social media. For me, it was like really scary because it's like I have all these friends, like that's all I have on Instagram. So I'm going to share this really vulnerable story. And I never really shared like that. I'm not like a person who would share anything personal on social media, like prior to that healing feeling. I'd be like, here's a picture of something I did today, you know. And so I started sharing and I made it my New Year's resolution in 2017 to start in 2018. So I shared in January 2018 and um, it just started kind of gaining traction. Like there were just so many people out there who were in the same boat. So then I was like, okay, this is a thing. Like I need to be sharing more, like more details. Like let me share the resources I'm using, the doctors I'm seeing, the test kits I'm doing, the results I'm getting, literally everything. And it just like started rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. So then I was like, maybe this is, this could be a business. Like I'm getting so many questions from people. So then I'm like, what can I be? <laughs> like, I'm not a doctor. I'm a mark. I kind of do marketing. Like I, you know, and so then I'm like, could I be something in fitness maybe? Cause I'm like into health. And then I'm like looking at certifications. Then I'm like, what about like a health coach? Like what's a health coach even do? So I'm looking at certifications. I'm like, I've never been one of those people that just like fits in like some sort of certification. Like, yeah, I did. I went to UT. So I did like go to school and stuff, but reluctantly almost. (laughs) So, um, then I was like, I could just like make something up. Cause this is like what I do. I help empower people. So then I was like Googling like patient empowerment, you know, and I'm like, there's not really anything out there. Like there are advocates for patients that will accompany you to the hospital or something like that, but it's not the same concept. So I was like, I think I'm just going to write a course and like start coaching people. And I was, I started like looking into contracts and this is how it all came about. I just didn't go back to work. So I was like, I'm just going to do this and see what happens. And then I just started like learning the game, really. I, I used Instagram to, to make money. And in the background, I started writing my programs and then I got pregnant. <laughs> so in all my programs, I'm like so, I mean, like, because I was so pregnant. My baby was huge. Um, my husband's very tall. So I'm like huge trying to hide the fact that I'm <laughs> pregnant in my programs. I look a lot different. Um, I'm like out of breath. I was having like nosebleeds all the time. It was ex- it was a horrible pregnancy. It was very hard. It was healthy, but it was hard. Um, it was very sick. So like to say that it was like probably the hardest thing I've ever done besides childbirth is like not an understatement. <laughs> so that's a long story long. This is how it all happened. And then here I am. I've just kind of made it all up. <laughs> yeah, there's so much to unpack there, but it's so minus the baby 
I obviously that's never going to happen for me actually having to birth a baby. Um, it is relatable because it kind of was the same thing for me where I had, I had, did you have a personal Instagram account prior to mm-hmm. that one? So I had this private personal account that I had been using for years and I would take pictures of like my beer or I was at the football game or wherever. I was just taking random photos. And then my wife started a fitness Instagram account and that's kind of like what got me inspired because she would write motivational quotes and what she was up to. And in my head, I was telling myself, that's what I want to do. I want to inspire other people. And at the end of the day, and you can probably attest to this is you're inspiring yourself. It really is about helping you continue on and, and learn more about yourself and what you're doing. And I think a lot of people, especially those listening right now might not know this, but like I've always posted for myself as much as I've posted for everyone else. It's to keep me going because life is hard. Like, But when you have this platform where you can show up every day and learn a little bit more and give a little bit more, it does motivate you to keep going. And what ended up helping me keep going, it sounds like the same thing with you, is people started to respond to it. I'd love to hear a little bit more of what were the initial responses around people because there is a lot to unpack in what you just said. Like we could go down into Graves' disease and like what you were struggling with and things like that. But what I'm trying to dig into is really one, why were people reaching out in the first place? Because I think that's where, if we're looking at changing the system and the healthcare system, it's understanding what are the problems that people are suffering from the most. And then two, what solutions were you giving them when you weren't technically a practitioner because I think what stops a lot of people is like, oh, I don't have the degree, so I can't help. I don't have the certification. But we live in this world where it's like, you technically can help. You just can't prescribe is what I would say. But you can lead somebody and guide someone and say, I'll give a practical example here. I went and got my personal training certificate and my nutrition license technically. The reason I did it was more so so that I could know and be confident in when I share anything online, I'm sharing something that's of value, but I wasn't prescribing anything. I wasn't like take this medication or that medication. It was more so, hey, do this movement that I found online. And I know that it's good because I actually kind of researched and studied it. So for you, two-part question, what were people asking about the most? And then what were you kind of showcasing to them and guiding them through? Yeah. Um, so people were asking me about, so basically, you know, I only had ever heard of like the whole Western medicine model, which is like, you just kind of Google a doctor who might be like around you, who might be able to specialize in whatever symptoms you might be expressing at the time. And then you get some sort of medication for it. Right. That's all I really knew. And that's all really anyone knows unless they encounter a problem. So then when that didn't work for me, I started listening to podcasts. And then it was this idea that what you put in and on your body and the way that you think and perceive reality affects your health and well-being. And I was like, what? And I was like, I think I'm like a relatively well-educated person and I never heard this. And I grew up in a health, you know, a healthy home. We ate organic food, whole foods, whatever. So I was like, okay, this is, this is wild. Like, what is this? And I start seeing integrated practitioners, root cause medicine doctors who say, hey, why? Like, why is this symptom happening? Let's figure out what triggered it and we'll actually solve, solve it from the inside out. You'll heal, right? And I'm like, okay, this is, this is like, what, what? So I started seeing these doctors and that's when people were like, what are you doing? Like, wh- who is this person? What does functional mean? Like, what is that test kit? And 
what do you mean like your gut or toxins or whatever? What do you mean nutrition? Like this is where people started to become interested. Before that, it was just like, I don't know, like random people on Instagram who like saw me on a hashtag and were like hoping I would follow them back, you know? <laughs> but then it was but then it was the real deal when it was like, hey, like I'm gonna do something different here. What was interesting was I was getting a lot of friction from like people I knew. Like, why are you doing this weird thing that's like doesn't seem to be rooted in science, which is a massive misconception. And it's just a lack of education. And then I was getting this whole spiel from everyone else on Instagram, which is like, that just seems like this weird, inaccessible, like inaccessible thing for me, like functional medicine, blah, blah. But I think that because it was different, it was intriguing. <laughs> and then when it really started to kick off is when it started working. So all of a sudden I became this person who's like, you saw me be so sick and bedridden. You saw me like discovering all this stuff. Now you see me, I feel freaking amazing. And you're like, whoa, I want some of what she has. And that's when people start coming to me. And I'm getting this overwhelming amount of questions like, how do I do this? Like a very like huge thing. Like I've had fatigue for 12 years. How do I fix it? <laughs> and I'm like, this is a loaded question. I mean, you know, yeah. this is where I was like, I'm not going to give you medical advice, but I can guide you through the system. Because what I've realized through market research is like, that it's all about the education. Like we don't know, like where would we, how would we know that this is because we live in a toxic world and because what we're eating isn't real food and that there's a different way. Like how would we know that? We wouldn't. And so I'm like, there. That that's the gap where I can come in and, and help, help people navigate and coach them through that. But ultimately I call it, you know, patient empowerment. I'm not going to make the decision for you because I can't handhold you the rest of your life. I want to empower you with the skills to be able to make those decisions and, you know, in every moment because you're never just done and healed. Every day you're going to have to make a decision to continue to optimize your health and do the right thing for yourself and your family. So this is all about empowerment. It's not even slightly about me giving you medical advice. But, you know, it's reframing and undoing old belief systems and kind of rebuilding that up. And then that's what I do. Have you ever watched the documentary Heal? You know, every person says that to me. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that if I watched it, it would be like everything I talk about, but I should watch it. The reason you say that is because you you, you talked a lot about mindset. Yeah. And uh, the only reason I brought it up is because I'm just sitting here picturing like in the, the documentary, it talks about the one woman is on chemo and she's literally sitting there thinking that chemo is piranhas and it's like eating the cancer, which is other fish or whatever. They they gave her this prompt to like really think through that. And it just, you just, just from hearing that story, it kind of, I feel empowered to continue on my own path just in your presence of thinking like whatever comes my way, I can now heal that thing. Uh, so now kudos to your husband for the, for the name, <laughs> that healing feeling. So now I understand where that comes from um, and, and why it's there. Um, but I'd love to kind of pivot a little bit because again, you kind of started something on a similar path that I did, but it's not always been easy. Like there's been so many times where I couldn't sleep at night or during the day, I'm like, what in the hell am I doing? Where am I going? Especially when people are reaching out to you and saying whatever they were saying about what you were up to. I got the same thing. Like, why would you quit your engineering job? Why you're a personal trainer now? Oh, you're only a personal trainer. Like just so many different things. And I'd love to hear from your perspective on what were some of the biggest struggles that you had when you were going down this path? Because I think we live in a world right now where a lot of people are starting their own thing and are leaning into I would say a function, more functional life where it's like revolving around them, not even just medicine. It's just like 
what is functional for the individual. And that does come with having to fight through some resistance. So what did that resistance, how did that affect you? Honestly, for me, the biggest thing that I came up against initially was the judgment of the people close to me. I wasn't always this person. Most people aren't. Most people have this story of like, I used to be like this and now, you know, like this friction in my life has led me down this path. But I lost a lot of friends in the process of setting some pretty strict boundaries, not just in my like health, but like, you know, in my life, like for work and, you know, this piece around mindset, like that's a whole like, whoa, like you have to be so strict about the boundaries and like the life the thoughts you want to cultivate and allow in what we call in my program, the healing bubble, if you will, you know, and just, I don't know, for me saying no, like not being able to do things or turning down conversations that should be in good fun because I, I don't want to invite that energy into my life. I lost friends that I thought I would never lose, which is kind of a, in itself, it taught me a lot, I guess, to say the least, a very painful thing. I would say that that was more painful than everything I went through. And then besides that, it's, I think this is the same for every entrepreneur, like being new at something and feeling like you're this tiny fish. Everyone knows what the heck they're doing. And all the time you're like, oh my God, like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Like, how am I going to make money? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm so excited to like take on the day. Like, I feel amazing. And like, the world is my oyster. Like, let's heal together. It's so expensive. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) And so it's like, that has been, you know, but what's been really amazing for me, the more that I just like lean into each individual that I talk to and work with, I don't know. It just seems to kind of like work out. Like the more I let go and the more I lean into like, why am I doing this? Like I'm doing that for that person and that person and that person right there. Like the money flows. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Faith. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Faith Ashenden. There's been like a mindset shift where my business like massively leveled up. And instead of being like a person with to do's and this, that, and the other, I focus on like the higher level things that like only I can do and really hone in on the people aspect. And it just has really transformed my business, but it's been a rocky road getting there. That's amazing. That's literally incredible advice because most people kind of follow the, this is urgent. Everything is urgent model. And if everything is urgent, nothing is urgent. And in terms of kind of business and life, like the reality of what's urgent 
is like almost nothing. And that's what like to do's the number one thing that I've kind of seen from a lot of people that are overwhelmed in their business is they immediately go to write a plan or a task list of like, what do I need to get done? And I'm just like, you're just going right back to the bad habit that got you in the, in the first place. It's not a, necessarily even about what do I need to get done? And what you hit on is really the ultimate kind of solution to that is you mentioned one, the people and two, the why, like at all times you need to understand why are you doing what you're doing in the first place? And if people were like, say you write this task down, oh, I'm doing this task. And it's just like, well, is that helping your business move the needle forward? And the answer is no. Like, why are you doing it? And most people will be like, because it feels good, like to just do something. It's It sucks to sit there and kind of think about what is that higher level thing. So that's where I didn't plan on going this path, but in the business side of things, you mentioned such an incredible piece of advice. How do you decide what is the higher level? Because I think a lot of people fall in two buckets. The higher level either scares them. Like for instance, I got to raise money. That's scary, right? If I'm in the startup in this business and I need to raise money, well, instead of raising money, I'm just going to sit here and like grind for two or three years rather than being like, you know what? If I just, I have a good idea, put a pitch deck together, I'm going to go raise some capital and then really deploy experts in each individual lane rather than trying to do it all myself. Or two, they're too visionary, and they're sitting at high level, but then they don't have enough grit to like even get to that next level. So for you, how did you decide over the past three years? Like, what is that high level thing that you should be operating on? Mm. So that's a good question. Um, so for me, I do a lot of mindset work in the morning, like resetting, because it's when you are like all people in your business, basically, you know, when you wear all the hats. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It feels like there are just so many, like you said, priorities in a day. So in the morning, it's like I do a lot of refocusing, re resetting. And, and people say, how do you have time? Like for me, that's like the most important thing, right? So um, instead of like going into work and getting that extra hour, I'm spending extra time on doing that mindset work, which is like if I don't do that, then what's the point of my day basically is how I feel because it just goes awry. So that would be my number one tip. Um, and then- Before we get into the next tip, yeah. what's, so what does mindset work to you? Because I know it looks different for everybody. And then two, how would you recommend people kind of like get into their own habit of mindset work? Because every morning I kind of do the same thing. I never, a lot of people will set their priorities the night before or the day before. Like I kind of never do that. I have my calendar, but every morning I wake up, I'm like, how am I feeling? How much energy do I have to give today? And what does that look like? And then meditate, read, stuff like that. Make sure I hydrate, kind of very simple, uh, but not easy things to do consistently. But I know it looks different for everybody. So I'd love if you, before you get into your next um, thing on the high level tips, what does mindset look like for you? And then how would you encourage other people to do the same thing? I think the funny thing about mindset is that when someone starts on the journey, they look to what other people are doing and they try to mimic it exactly. And what you find with everything is that you continue to practice. And then what really ends up working for you is when you build like your own routine and your, you know, and it's like that, the power of that is in the work that you have to put in and like with everything consistently. Right. And then the other aspect of that is you actually have to, to do it with purpose. Not like I'm sitting here and I'm thinking this and when it's going to happen today at 2 PM, I just know it, you know, it's like actually believe it. Right. So there's, there's, the other aspect. But for me, um, the first thing I always do is I focus on gratitude. I like to get myself like in a place where 
I'm just like flying so high. Nothing's going to get me down. And everything I do is going to align with that energy throughout the day. Like that's how I want my energy to start. And it helps me reframe everything throughout the day um, from a position of gratitude. And I think that when people work with you, ultimately they're working with you because of your energy, right? Because like you're not telling them something they couldn't find somewhere else. No, most people aren't. Like that information exists, but they're buying from you because you make them believe that whatever you're saying exists within them. So I want to wake up and think like, I want to exude this energy that like her, her and her, like I need what she has. And then I tell them the same thing they've heard a million times, but today it's going to work because they buy into me. They believe in me. Like my energy is magnetic. So I wake up, I, I focus on my gratitude. I focus on my family. I focus on nourishment and water. And then I spend a great deal of time reminding myself in different ways that the universe is constantly conspiring in my favor. So I want to frame my day in this way that like, the universe wants things to work for me and it has a plan for how it's going to work. And so I will continue to focus on what my mission is and the to do's will fall into place. But ultimately, it's that like final goal that's going to manifest itself. And it's consciously clinging to the belief that like everything that happens is in my favor towards my purpose and then exuding that energy of gratitude and just like keeping my energy really positive and high and healing Um and then I move through and I keep my focus on that. And then things they do, they fall into place because you can't control exactly how every little thing is going to happen, but you can keep your eye on the prize and it will happen in the way that it should, right? So that's really how you're like manifesting a reality that is going to actually manifest for you, if you will. So that's really like, it's very simple for me. Everyone has a different way of doing it. Mine is a constant focus on my energy and showing up for people in the way that, you know, I say that I will. Um, and hoping that that's enough to like transform their lives. You literally are focusing on being that healing feeling <laughs> in every scenario. And I love that. And I think it's so overlooked. And I was hesitant to get you off track of the initial question that I had, but I'm so grateful that I did because that was a powerful response because it kind of unlocked something for me that I've noticed over the years. Like you're literally solving the root of everything in life. It's just like every moment that you get into, like we have different moments in life and every moment you're priming yourself to be 150% of you operating at that capacity in that moment to then basically force the world to conspire for you. Because if you're showing up as best as you can possibly show up in every single moment, the world has no choice but to conspire to attract the same type of energy. I've never had anybody like really word it that way where at the beginning of your day, because this is how I'm thinking through it, at the beginning of the day, thinking through how do I essentially maximize my energy in everything that I have planned today? And then if I do that, everything else just falls into place. And I think so many people don't think about that. And here, here's a practical thing. This, was, this used to be my life. Wake up tired, chug coffee, not hydrate myself, stomach would get messed up. I'm anxious and stressed. I show up to my job. My boss is probably in a similar mood. We stress each other out. Everybody's stressed out. And we think that we're going to like achieve our business and life goals in that type of environment and that type of stress. Now, my scenario isn't far off from 90% of the population's scenario, which can, is what really baffles me about where we are at in the healthcare is just like, it's literally, how do we not reduce it down to such a simple thing as 
if we all just woke up and be like, what does my body and my mind and my spirit need today so that I am optimal, so that in every scenario that I'm optimal, and then every person you meet that day is optimal, this world becomes, I don't even know what this world would look like, but I love how you put that. Um, so thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, I could chat about it all day. I think, yeah, it's not something people talk about. Yeah, it's just not. Imagine like you come in the first grade and it's just like the first question isn't, did you do your homework? It's how are you feeling today? And how can we maximize that feeling for the rest of the day? Like if you're feeling bad, how do we change that? And if you're feeling great, how do we keep that? That should be the first question when you're five years old every single day and then throughout the days. But that's a sidebar. I'd love to jump back into, okay, you were on the path of like the first thing of thinking higher level is mindset. If you can't remember what you were going to say, that's okay. I can take it in a different direction. Um, but we were chatting about you focusing on more of the higher level things in life. And that's what most people should be focused on. So if mindset's a key, what's another few other tips that you would have for other people to focus more on a higher level thinking rather than getting so caught up in the nitty gritty and the to-do list? Well, I mean, I think at the most basic level, it's like what you said, um, is this specific thing going to move my business forward in a meaningful way? Because again, like I feel like if it's, an action that is going to move your business forward. Like for me, I see these in terms of programs, right? Or like producing something like a podcast or a new social platform or whatever. I just always ask myself, is this something that's going to move my business forward in a meaningful way? For me, tasks don't really do that, to be honest. Like it might move the project forward a little, but I just think in this day and age as an entrepreneur, there are so many things that people will tell you you need to do. Like you need to maximize this platform and this platform and do this thing and buy this thing and like spend your time on this training. I think that there are like so, there's so much noise mm. and it's hard to like really know like what's going to be worth my time and money. What I do is I pay coaches. Like I said this on my Instagram today. I said, um, it's been almost three years of that healing feeling. And only recently have I really like invested a good amount of money into like upping certain equipment and like hiring new employees. This whole time, if I told you how much money I spent on my own personal development, people are like, what? Invest in yourself. Invest in someone who can help you figure out what's going to move the needle forward and what's going to be noise wasting your time. That's what I've done. So when it's like little tasks and stuff like that, I run it by experts. Now I would say that I am like an expert in it and I can like vet something and say like, no, this is going to be a waste of my time or whatever. But I think like if you're like starting or you're unsure, like you should always invest money in yourself because like ultimately it's the same thing in health. People who are like, I don't want to spend money on this doctor. It's like, well, I hope you enjoy being sick because until you invest money in yourself or a program like that, it's kind of stupid to be spending money on all these expensive supplements or this like filter that someone says you have to have for $2,000. Like imagine what you could what you could achieve with that money. You know what I mean? So I would say like, if you're struggling, like invest in yourself. Um, like you are the product, you are what people are buying into. So um, if you are unsure, like it's a sign that you need some direction. Um, and that's been like really powerful for me. Cause I will say at the beginning, I'd be like, Ooh, I want to like spend my time doing this stuff, you know? And my coach would be like, such a waste of your time. You know what I mean? I love how you brought it back to investing in yourself because again, like going back to even like prior to this where I'm like every morning when you're five years old, we should be waking up. How are you feeling? Good, bad. Okay. How do we keep the good and then change the bad? It's the same thing with personal development. It's, we're never asked like, 
what does it look like for you to develop specifically? Because for me, like I was a natural athlete. For other people, they're natural artists. They can paint. So for their personal development, it's way different than my personal development, where I should be focused. But we live in a world where the painter and the athlete should be doing the same thing based on social media. Hey, you all need to be doing these same exact things because this is what works. And it's kind of like blanket statement things and people get caught up in that noise. So I love how you dug into that a little bit because it's not talked about and it's something that I kind of like go off on all the time. And here's something, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I look at entrepreneurship as paying tuition. Most people don't understand. They think that you start your business and the money just starts flowing. I'm just gonna be a millionaire, right? Now that's also what creates the misperception about business because they're like, oh, you can't do that because you're basically never gonna be a millionaire. Like you're not worth that. You're not worthy of this business growing, right? But everybody is like, you're worthy of going $50,000 to $100,000 in debt. Let's all do it and then go get the certificate and then come out of the college degree and be like, well, we're still in the same position that we were four years ago, but now we're $50,000 to $100,000 in debt. However, the person that then spends five grand on like, instead of the $50,000, spends five grand on a coach is crazy. We're looked at as like, why would you do that? Why would you hire somebody to help you? It's like, okay, hello. How many people are going into debt for these teachers that actually don't even know they're teaching from 10 years ago or 20 years ago? Technology wasn't even out then. Like cell phones weren't out with the standard college curriculum that there is now. And how do people not see this? I don't understand it. Again, this is a sidebar, but I'm just kind of relating to you in the fact that um, it's something I'm super passionate about in terms of education. And one of the things that I kind of relate to going back is earlier on the episode you mentioned podcasts and listening to a lot of podcasts. The cool thing about podcasts, and this is why I recommend to everyone, one, they're free. You have a cell phone, you can listen to podcasts. But two, how many times do they mention books on the podcast? So you're basically getting free consulting advice from people who know what they're doing and the books that they've read to help them get to where they're at. So all you really have to do is go into the podcast, look at the show notes and be like, what books were referenced? And then you read those books and then you're kind of halfway where you need to be. And then the reason that I feel like people should go this path and feel free to interject is in the beginning, how did you know what coach to even hire? Because there's so many people out there. For me, the people that I worked with, the reason that I knew is because I did enough like listening of podcasts and books to then make a judgment on somebody what are their core values? What's their why? Like I, I read through those things to like understand like how do I navigate the snake oil salesman versus the people that know what they're doing? But for you, what did that look like? Because there's probably a lot of people out there right now thinking, probably listening to this right now, wow, should I hire in th this person or should I listen to this person? How would you vet somebody that you're potentially going to work with and invest in for personal development? So the way I would do it now is probably different than the way that I did it then. Um, but I got really lucky. I love it. Yeah. So I, I found my coach. I started working with her when I launched the business and I'm still working with her today. She's like buying a second home and I'm convinced that it's like because she's been working with me this whole time. Um, she's the best. And I found her on Instagram. So she was just like, she's someone in Austin and I found her on Instagram and she had like a ton of engagement on Instagram. And I, at the time was like, I want to learn how to use Instagram to sell my business. I'm pretty good at social media. I did it for work, but this just was like a whole, I don't know. I felt like it was still like different. Like I needed to like kind of go up a notch and I just messaged her. This is how I met everyone I know. <laughs> I just messaged them and I'm like, hey, 
X, Y, and Z. Can you tell me about this? And so like, that's how I met her. That's how I've met literally every connection I have in Austin pretty much. And like all my Austin friends. Cause like when I came here, I like didn't know anyone. I moved back to Dallas after school and then came here. So some people like feel maybe it's kind of weird to just like message someone and talk to them like that. But I'm kind of like used to it because I, I know so much can come from that. But now when I'm looking to hire a consultant, for example, I basically just look at their reviews. Like I just say, can you send me data? Um, obviously, I want to make sure that I like buy into them. But for me, at the end of the day, it's like if I'm going to spend money on you, like let's see it what's your results? Like, does this actually work? Um, just because I'm a very like data driven person. Like if I'm going to be spending my money on something like a consultant, I want to know that I'm going to get a return from it. Obviously the type of person matters, but like, I feel like I kind of just get like an energy from someone. I'm so used to people coming to me, like selling me stuff. Like I can help you do this. I can help you do this. And I just get like a salesy vibe when it's like not aligned with what I do. Um, so I haven't worked with that many people. I'm like pretty, I don't know, picky, I guess about, you know, the people that I work with. So I think you hit the nail on the head, go with your gut in the beginning and then data driven decisions. And I think you can't really make data-driven decisions in the beginning of your business because you don't even really know what results you're going after. Like, at least in my case, like there's so many things that need to get done that you can go in a million different directions. So I think you really described kind of how I think anybody should go about it is like find someone you align with. And what I like to think of it is like, especially in business, it's like it's almost like being married to people. Like the discussions you got to get into, and this is what people don't understand is like, if I'm co anybody that works with me as a business coach, I'm their coach. It's what's going on in your life first and then your business. And I think a lot of people are used to the corporate mentality of I go to my job and nobody knows anything about what I do outside of my job. They don't know who I really am. I don't share that side of them versus I know like today when we were chatting about you coming on here, you have a baby. So if that baby cause you to have to change the schedule. Like I'm in tune with that. Like, okay, we need to change this. Your life takes precedence over the business. And a lot of people don't operate in that way. The tasks then take toll on their health. And then the tasks are always insurmountable. So like, that's how most people are operating at. And I think that's what hurts them. I don't think you got lucky. I think you were just in tune with yourself and that allowed you to make a good gut decision. And I think a lot of people that make bad gut decisions are operating out of the scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. You take me as somebody that's always kind of had an abundant type of mindset. So your first gut decision on somebody was great. And now you're doubling down on like, okay, what are the data driven decisions that we need to make to continue to move this needle forward? So that's kind of the direction I want this to go in now is what does your business look like today and where are you looking to take it within the next year or two? Because you said you've been leveling up but what does that even look like? So somebody that's listening is like, what does it mean your business has been leveling up? And then where do you aspire to go to in the next couple of years? So leveling up just means that I, well, for one, I've hired help. For me, that's been huge because it's like I can produce so much more now. Being one or one and a half person who would outsource something it just really isn't enough for like the vision that I had. But mostly, I mean, in terms of programs, I think my first program was like the biggest, it felt like a big mountain to climb. I didn't outsource any of any of it because I wanted to learn. What I hate is having to be completely reliant on someone. If something is going on with the business, I want to be able to go in and fix it. It doesn't mean I'm going to have to be the one doing it for the rest of my life, but I just... 
I like to have like all eyes on all aspects of the business that I can. So I went through and I kind of learned, um, I'm not an engineer like you. So it was a lot of time on tech support, um, but I figured it out. And so for me, the first one was this a huge, my first program was a huge mountain to climb. And just with the campaigns around it and kind of like figuring that out in itself is a full-time job. And then like, you know, supporting you know, the client, your students, once they've, they've joined and all that. Now I feel really empowered and confident to roll out more programs. I'm working on two right now and I have my one-to-one coaching. Um, I'm also starting up my podcast of my own. I'm producing a lot more content. I've expanded onto another plot, two other platforms. Like I just feel, I don't know, a lot more like confident with everything. My vision is very clear as I move forward in the business And it feels really, really good to feel like I'm not kind of on the back end, still trying to just like figure everything out. So it's great. You're spot on with where you should kind of go in the beginning of of anything, which is like, how can you outsource if you don't even know how to do it yourself? And I think, I don't know about you, but you see so many like 10K coaches or like how to scale and stuff like that. And like the number one thing is just like outsourcing, outsourcing, outsourcing your time. But I think- what doesn't get talked about enough is kind of like what you just hit on was you have to climb the mountain first to understand like what needs to kind of like get shuffled off as you're climbing to the next mountain. And if you've never like really climbed the mountain, a lot of people will waste their time not understanding what actually they should be doing. So I love how you put that. But the next question I have for you revolves around how did you figure out who to actually bring on board because I think this is another thing that a lot of people get stuck with, especially in the health and wellness space. Um, I've noticed that because it is such kind of like a solopreneur journey when it comes to one-on-one clients and then like maybe making a course and things like that. How did you go about hiring people and hiring talent and what did that look like? So a lot of it's referrals. I'm a big referral girl. (laughs) And how did you get referrals? Through my friends who are in the same space. So I have friends who do things that are very similar to me, but not, you know, I'm like a very, uh, I would say that I'm unique. And so I can, I really connect with people who are like on the same vibe. Like um, there are a few girls that I'm, I'm really close with that we met on Instagram and now I've met in person. I'm doing similar things. And like that for me is huge. Like referrals is probably the majority of, of people I go with. Other, I have someone on my team who I met on Instagram. Um, when I first started and I was really sick, she was there for me. And then she developed her career into someone who does a lot of what I need come full circle because I'm big on relationships and I'm always nurturing my relationships in every sense of the word. Um, I like to invest in people. So we've stayed in, you know, we haven't met in person, but it's a cool thing about Instagram. Like you can meet people and you kind of feel like you know them. And I think you maybe are like that more if you're like someone who's really in the Instagram space because you have to be social on it, social media. Um, so anyways, she now works for me. So it's crazy how, how it happened, but it all comes down to relationships at the end of the day. It's all about people, what you mentioned earlier. And I love how you said it, social media, it's meant to be social. So many people forget the social aspect of it. It's like, let me put something up on there and then I deserve all the love from everything. Rather, how much love are they actually giving? So I love how you talked about investing in people and in relationships because that's just something that, again, once we get into the digital space, people just tend to forget about. They understand it like when you're one-on-one 
how to be kind, how to be empathetic. But when it comes to the social media space or even the digital space, internet in general, a lot of people forget about that. But my ultimate goal here on this podcast is always to connect people and to build community. So your vibe is amazing. And for anybody else listening out there, I would love for you to get in contact with Faith uh, if it was the right thing for you. But the best way to kind of like navigate and make that connection is to understand a little bit more of like, who do you work with one-on-one? What do they look like? What's their demographic? What are they struggling with? So just give us a rundown on like what your typical one-on-one looks like, or even go into the other stuff that you're creating courses or podcasts, like who would be a good listener. Feel free to take this question however, however you want to. But my ultimate goal is always to connect whoever's listening on the other end to you uh, so that they can thrive. So yeah, floor is yours. Yeah. Um, so anyone with chronic symptoms, they don't have to have a diagnosis. Oftentimes people don't. And that's very discouraging in itself. So if you have chronic symptoms, you know, I have programs that are, you know, when you're at the beginning of your journey, all the way graduating into my my like main and patient empowerment program, which is like once you've kind of gone through like I just got a diagnosis or I just have the onset of symptoms. But really it's anyone who's willing to put in the mental and emotional work to kind of like reframe their thoughts as well. Because um, it's interesting. I recently just asked on Instagram, like, hey, if you are opposed to integrative functional medicine, like, can you drop your handle? Like, I'm doing some market research. I'd love to talk to you. This is amazing. I love it. I'm like, I love to talk to people who have different opinions than me. It's boring if we have the same. No, it's not, you know, but I love to learn like, because I want to figure out like, how do we bridge that gap? Right. So it's like, if you don't agree with it, please drop your handle. And then even furthermore, I like message them like, so just to confirm, you don't agree with X, Y, and T. They're like, yes, great. So I, I did spend the week um, just like talking to people and it was awesome. And what I learned is it's either the belief that it's a pseudoscience, so it's not rooted in science, or it's just too confusing. It's this thing kind of like out in the ether, like I don't really know what they're talking about. There's so many tests and like, what does that mean healing your gut or, you know, whatever, like kind of. And so for me, it's like in order to even just work with me in any capacity, you need to express in some way that you have an open mind towards this because the premise of everything I do is rooted in like finding the trigger and healing from the inside out. So that's all. There's no other prerequisite. It's a mindset thing. Are you open-minded enough to, and it's not wild, you know, we're not like everything I do is rooted in science. Everything I do. I'm a big like data person. It's all rooted in science, but there are preconceived notions that hold people back from healing. But I get it. I was there before, you know, so I get it. But I loved hearing that that's like where people were coming from as well. And if you have that block, you can't, it doesn't work because you're not invested in it. You're not going to try because it just sounds like whatever to you, right? So I think it's interesting that I even have people following me that are that are like that. I think they're just intrigued by it. Like they're on the cusp of wanting to know more, but they're like unsure, you know? Yeah, you never know like the ties that they have to, again, you mentioned earlier, like it was hard losing friends and losing family. So there's a lot of people out there that are in this world where they're kind of like us of years ago where they're trying to break through and trying to understand, but they still might disagree. And I love how you, I've never had anybody you just gave me a new Instagram hack that I've, I, I'm usually up on the different hacks on like how to, how to gather data, right? So asking questions, doing polls, 
Um, and then I transfer that over to Google forms and surveys and just like collecting as much as possible. And most people be like, why do you collect that? And it's just like, it helps me be better and be more valuable. But I need to do what you just did because I get a lot of pushback because people think that I just blanket hate doctors and blanket hate, um, the healthcare system. And it's like, no, I understand why it's there, but I also have to say some things that are very direct to even get your response. And a lot of the times I'm just like, why are these people, just like you said, even following me if they know that I'm going to have these direct remarks around these different things? I'm a big believer in 50% of what we say is true and 50% of what we say is false, but we don't know which percent is true and which percent we know is false because if it's true science, and this is where anybody that listens to you that wants to debate a point on you is that science is ever changing. So just because it might have seemed as a pseudoscience 50 years ago, now we have proof. And as long as you can show that proof, and if you're dealing with mindset, any high achiever is going to tell you, you have to believe it to achieve it. Mm -hmm. So there is some scientific proof to, if I believe in something, that something good is going to come of it. So I, I love everything that you've been talking about, but unfortunately we get closer to wrapping up. I actually have a, a more of a, a selfish question because just the space that you're operating in before we end, have you had any pushback or flack from like actual doctors or actual practitioners that have either said no on their question or just have reached out to you? Has that ever happened? Yes. What has been the common theme of those people that, that are certified pushing back? Um, usually it's that there's not a lot of literature on it. That's, 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 the, so, and for me, I totally, listen, I have a sister who's a dentist, a sister who's an ER doctor, a brother-in-law who's an ob -gen, right? Okay, I get it. Like, I do get it because that is the whole reason why we're here today. There's not a lot of literature on it, not from where they studied in medical school, in the traditional, right? Because the literature is like totally different. It's geared towards depressing symptoms and acute illness and emergencies, which is great. Again, like I've been in two scenarios where emergency, you know, for the birth of my son, <laughs> like had I not had a C-section, we would have both died. So like, I appreciate it as much as the next person. Like yeah, surgical I, is different than like, it is. It is. But some people yeah. are like, well, and I'm like, no, it's different. It's Obviously way different. it's way different. And I talk about that. Um, there's not, there's, we don't see it a lot in the literature. The other thing that I talk about a lot is that there is not really any, they don't talk about nutrition in medical school. And obviously for me, like I use food as a means to heal and stay feeling amazing. And like food I said- Food is medicine. Food is, it is, but it's not taught in medical school. And so I get a lot of pushback from doctors just saying, well, when I say to people, you need to ask your doctor these questions because I encourage people to interview their doctors. And I say like, some of the questions are X, Y, and Z basically around nutrition. And then I have doctors saying, well, that's not fair. Like, we don't know the answer to that. And I'm like, well, you should learn it. Like I learned it. It's not that hard. How, oh man, <laughs> we could go on a whole other episode. How are they not held to the standard where they have to know? That's what kills me. It's like, if, if I'm an engineer, like I, I, be, I didn't become a professional engineer. Like you have to take a, an exam and I knew I wasn't going to go that path. So I got my degree and then I headed down the corporate path and then exited. But if I want to stay up to date as an engineer or even a personal trainer, like NASM certification that I had to get credits every single year to keep that certification. How are doctors not required by science? Because science has proven that the food you eat, doctors would agree with this, the food you eat does cause certain symptoms, 
illnesses, diseases, and death. Any doctor would agree with that, but why are they not held to the standard that they have to go and get even credit? So if they don't learn it in medical school, why don't they have to have continuous education credits? Because this is, I'm always racking my brain on like, how do we really change the system? Because if they believe in this one way, it's like, I'm never going to change anybody's opinion. That's just not how life works, right? So I'm like, but what if we created, okay, they're used to going to medical school and studying and doing these things. Okay, let's send them after a year, they have to go into nutrition. There's a Institute of Functional Medicine where people can go get, you know, for example, when I help people find functional medicine doctors, I like to look for an Institute of Functional Medicine credential. So these are people who take medical doctors, osteopaths, whatever. They, on their own accord, upskill themselves. They get this, these certifications. And then you see people like Dr. Mark Hyman, who's spearheading yeah. this initiative, right? It's a matter of realizing it. The people who have realized it have had a chronic condition, healed functionally, then decided that they want to practice that and have educated themselves. But that's really the only way that you see it. Why are they not held to that standard? Because the system, is, it might change one day. You can never say never. I don't think it's going to change in the near future. I only think that it will slowly change as person after person after person gets sick. And when that person feels like it's important enough, AKA it affects them or their child or their parent, that's the only catalyst. It has to be one degree of separation. And yes. Aaron, my wife and I were talking about this earlier. The beauty of it is though, and this is why I love having you on here, is you've utilized social media in the way it should be used, is empowerment. And I think, I don't think we're far away, but I don't think we're close from the system changing because I think the internet is a powerful thing and it's like a compound interest thing. Like when one person changed, like you, how many people look out to, to you and like behind closed doors are like reaching out to you and be like, I see what you're on. I want some of that. And it's just like, that's a compounding thing. Cause then we help that person and then they help four other people. I just think we're like a decade or two away from really seeing the results of that because I mean, I'm 30. So I'm thinking when I'm 40 and I'm 50 and I'm 60, that's when we're really going to see a change because like, I'm not changing 60 to 70 to 80 year olds opinions. And who are the primary care doctors right now? 50, 60, 70. They, they don't even know what social media is, a lot of them. They're on it, but they know how to utilize it to provide value, not necessarily. So it's one of those things where I think as we age and we tell our kids, I want to have two or three kids. So those two or three kids are then going to have a couple kids of their own and it's going to like be this compound effect, I believe. This is something I'm super passionate about. We can chat about maybe on a future episode that we record at MSW because I'm going to be starting the Thrive on Health podcast um, with my wife. Cool. Uh, a little uh, sneak peek of that. That is in the works right now because I just want to chat about all the good stuff like that. And that's one of the things that I think we have in common there. But last question I have, um, actually two questions. One's not really a question though. Where can people get in contact with you uh, if they loved what you were spitting out today. What's the easiest way? And I think it's going to be Instagram, but how do they reach you? Yeah, uh, That Healing Feeling on Instagram or my website, that-healingfeeling.com. But if you want to reach me directly, Instagram, like I'm always, I like I live in my DMs. <laughs> there are my stories because I love meeting people and building relationships. So if you want to chat, I will be there. Heck yeah. Hit her up, hit Faith up. Uh, it's been a blast chatting with you here today and I'm excited. I hope some people reach out to you and some of their solutions are abundant. So last question that I ask everybody is what does thriving mean to you? I guess for me, it's really knowing that I'm 
changing people's lives for the better. Like it gives me this like massive sense of purpose and like I'm I'm this vehicle here just like doing my part to make this place that we live on a better place, you know? And it's like, what else can I want from my life? Because I'm, you know, here and then I'm not here. But like, if I can change it and make it better in some way and be a vehicle to bring whatever good exists out in the ether into the world and give it life, um, I, I can go to bed and wake up just like feeling so freaking happy. And it's funny that you said you go on like 150%. It's funny because I started a podcast in my like intro that I use for everything. Like the end of it's like, if you want to learn how I live my life always on 150%, hey. <laughs> then this is the right podcast for you. Um, but that's how I feel. I, that's what gives me um, energy, just being able to, to do that. And that encompasses like having a child and, and like doing that for him and, and leaving him. Like you said, hopefully we leave our children to make the world a better place and our grandchildren through, through our legacy there. And then, of course, the people that I reach online. I think that was a great response <laughs> and you. that's almost in line with like kind of how I view it because it's just, you can't buy what you just described. You have to do the work. Like you can't buy it. You can't buy change necessarily. You oh. can, you can spend money in a lot of ways, but spending time and energy on helping the world become a better place is something that nobody can take from you. No matter how young or old or however, whatever your age is right now, who you are, demographic like nobody can take that from you so i love that response and there's a ton of takeaways i always give my takeaways at the end of the episode um, but there were a ton of takeaways from this one but the one that hit me the hardest was how you reach out to people and ask for different and chaining opinions um this is some this is a pill that i could swallow and i'm against pills um so because like i do get aaron gets on me all the time it's just like uh, you're so passionate about what you're passionate about. Um, you need to hear other people out, which I agree with. Um, I'm trying to do a better job at I just get in my zone, man. Um, but it's one of those things that I think I'm going to think on some content of what I can come up with to hear differentiating opinions because I'm in this world right now where I really do want to change the healthcare system. And I think there was a breakthrough here with the continuous education of doctors. We don't necessarily have to change everything that they've been doing because that's kind of how I've been going at it is just like screw the system that they went through versus like how do we just get them continuously educated on what you and I have been through and what people are really going through. And I ask I asked this in my journal the other day. If we took pills and quote unquote medicine away from doctors, how would they treat patients? On top of that, if we took that away from them and then told them every person you cure, you make more money and the world becomes a better place, what happens then? So that's kind of the questions I've been asking, but I think this continuous education could actually help us get there because the, the root cause is nutrition and an environment and teaching people to improve their mindset, improve their environment, and improve what they put and in, in their mouth and what they drink. So thank you so much, Faith. This was awesome. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. I hope all of you enjoyed your time here and I'm looking forward to connecting with you. Hit me up in my DMs as well. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others 
thrive on life.